People don't want us to be the hero. People want to be the hero. So if we say, we created this planner that's going to give you your most organized year yet, that makes the customer the hero. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you here. Thank you for hitting play and choosing to listen to one of our inspiring guests. In this episode, we are talking to a relatively recent startup. They started in 2020 about their journey from Etsy to Shopify and now into wholesale, even into Selfridges. And we are going to be talking stationery. And our guest is going to be explaining how the how the company even began. She'll also be talking about how she's grown it. We'll be talking about different marketing methods they use, mentality, team building, and we'll also be exploring why they've decided to become a B Corp because they're currently B Corp pending. So lots of really fascinating bits and pieces coming up in this one. And make sure you listen to the end so you don't miss out on my guest's top tips and my own take on this episode. Are you part of the free Chloe's e-commerce club? Why not? It's my free online club where the whole e-commerce master plan audience can come together. It's all about helping you improve your e-commerce business, solving your marketing challenges, getting advice from other retailers who are facing the same challenges as you right now. And yes, I will personally be hanging out in the club Monday to Friday to help you too, which makes it the only place where you can get my help one-on-one. It really is a club all about you and supporting your business. Come on and join me now. Just Just go to ecmp.info forward slash club. It's totally free to join. So come on, join me and hundreds of our listeners at ecmp.info forward slash club. Do you have a problem only an awesome piece of e-commerce tech can solve? Is your e-commerce tech stack not quite fit for purpose anymore? Then you should check out the latest addition to the e-commerce master plan family e-commerce tech. Yes, we've got a new person in the clan or a new website rather in the clan. It's a website where you can explore the latest and best technology on offer. We're going through a hugely changing time in the tech landscape at the moment. And if you want to be bringing the best results you can in your business, then you need to be on top of what's going on in tech. Head to the e-commerce tech website and sign up to our email updates via ecmp.info forward slash tech. That's ecmp.info forward slash t-e-c-h. So ecmp.info forward slash tech to find out all the best tools for your e-commerce store. And now to introduce our special guest. Michelle Ferron is the founder of the fully bootstrapped company Once Upon a Tuesday, selling calendars and planners for design lovers. Founded in 2020, Once Upon a Tuesday now sells via their Etsy store, Shopify store and wholesale. They're on track to hit a million pounds in annual sales this year and have a growth rate of 100% year on year. So hugely successful. Hello, Michelle. Hi, Chloe. Congrats. Massive congrats on taking a stationary startup to a million in just a few years. It's a very crowded marketplace, I would imagine. Yes, it is. It is. There is a lot going on, but I think there's changes happening in the marketplace. So, yeah. Mm. 
we may well come back to that later. But first off, um, let's find out a bit more about you. How did you end up in e-commerce? Sort of by accident. I grew up in the Caribbean, which is my sort of weird accent, in retail. So I saw, I watched my parents build a business from their back bedroom into sort of a big retailer across the Caribbean. So it's always been in my blood. And then when I moved to the UK, I randomly started an online store and sort of built it with a developer. So learned a lot that way and just tried it. I had no experience, didn't know what I was doing. Definitely failed pretty quickly, but great learning experience. And then I started working for a marketing agency and I ended up working with lots of e-commerce brands, smaller, bigger ones. I project managed a huge Magento build and sort of went from there and then During 2020 in lockdown, I started Once Upon a Tuesday, also completely by accident. But it was great because it was a sort of culmination of all my skills that I had over the years in all those different areas of work. So you say you started the business by accident. Um, How did that happen? I lost a number of clients due to sort of the pandemic. And I was looking for a calendar, um, and particularly a birthday calendar, which is very Dutch. Um, Every Dutch household has one. Um, So I designed one and I printed sort of 10 at a local printer and I popped them on Etsy. I sold seven overnight. (laughs) I was like, okay, this is interesting. (laughs) This is a thing. Um, So I just started designing some more. And then I designed a annual calendar for 2021 at the time. And Etsy featured it in their global newsletter, which was incredible. And we came back from visiting family on the 4th of January, and we ended up packing for 10 hours a day from our bedroom for the next two weeks, just of orders, just relentlessly coming in. So that sort of made me realize we have a feasible business. Uh, We have something people want. So that's when sort of we switched over to, okay, let's do this. Um, And I'd always sort of underestimated marketplaces like Etsy because, you know, I was a serious e-commerce person (laughs) um, and never really realized that Etsy had the power that it does. So yeah, it's been a brilliant platform for us, but we also realized we needed to move away from relying on a marketplace as such. So we then started investing in Shopify, our own website to grow the business properly. And so now you're selling on Etsy still via your own Shopify site and you've also diversified into wholesale. So what? before we get any deeper into those, what led you to decide to do wholesale? Yeah, that's interesting. So, you know, the, the world of wholesale is changing and there are marketplaces now which make the experience almost an e-commerce experience for small retailers. So platforms like Fair are there. So I I started by just popping some of the products on there to see what it would do. And yeah, sort of sold for 10 grand in the first season, just without having done much effort. So I thought, okay, this is interesting. But my partner also worked in wholesale in his own, in his family business, and we were growing. So earlier this year, he came on board in early, the start of 2023, he came on board full time doing wholesale for us. And I think there's another motivation there. We want to build a business that we like. We want to build a business like we want other businesses to be. We want to support retail. We think independent retailers on our streets, on our high streets, are important. So we don't want to just take business away online 
because that's just not the world we want to live in. So working with small retailers, um, independent retailers, and, and some bigger ones, is just something we, we care about and we want to do. And it's another sort of revenue stream, of course. Obviously, it's a revenue stream. Do you also count it as a bit of brand awareness building, getting your brand out there when people are in their stationary and gift buying mindset? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, of course, it works that way. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, so um, you mentioned that the market's changing. I have to come back to that. So how is the stationary market changing that's that's impacting on you? Okay, I think people want to invest in things that A, are doing things in the way they want. So for us, we're taking that environmental outlook on things. But also I think people want to invest in things that are stylish in every part of their life. They want stationery that is lovely and beautiful and adds to the rest of their life because everything in their, at their desk or in their home is beautiful. So they want to add, add that too. I think there's a bit of that as consumers tra- change their buying habits to think more eco-consciously and to buy things that they're going to keep for longer. I think that kind of the beauty part is going to be really functional, but it's also got to be a bit more interesting than some black lines on a page hasn't it <laughs> sure and you know to bring some joy to it all you know at once upon a tuesday really the goal is always to marry that practical side with something beautiful that also has as a little environmental impact as possible so you went from calendars into the world of planners how did that come about when, you know, we took off with calendars and then the decision was, OK, what direction do we go in paper goods? We know the world of printing now. But I think my love is really for organization, planning, productivity. I have kind of an ADHD brain, so I need all of those tools. So we've decided really to focus on planning in every part of life. So at work and at home. So, yeah, that's really the direction that we chose to build on. And you've diversified away from paper into acrylic wipeable planners. Was that a big leap or an obvious move? Um, it was a really challenging one because it was really hard to get right. And we learned why most, why not many people are doing it because <laughs> it was challenging. Um, but our supplier, we, you know, there's a recycled acrylic, which is um, an endlessly recyclable material. So uh, we had a lot of people asking for them. A lot of customers asking for reusable things. A lot of people ask for laminated stuff, but we don't really we don't want to do that um so these are these are acrylics that you can um hang on your wall and you can use over and over and over again and they're a thing of beauty we really designed them to try and add a sense of style to that to that part of planning yeah so it's like you think people listen to it again they added acrylic things in how that doesn't make sense for what i'm hearing so far but i think if you see them or once you see them and it's like that totally fits with the brand. I completely get where on a design front and how they're usable, it fits with it. How do you go about keeping things on brand as the business grows and evolves? Is there like a notebook that's got we are written in it or is it kind of, does it feel right? How do you keep things on track? First of all, we're just a team of two that do the designing. So, you know, it's it's all really a collaborative effort between us. But we do have a bit of a, we do have a colour guide. We have font guides. We have those kind of things. But we kind of, we just, we often talk about, is this us? Is this who we are? And we look at other brands and go, would they sell that? Because then it's probably not us. So it has to be recognisable us. And I, I heard this really interesting thing recently 
but it was about brands that you recognize. So you always can tell that what they deliver is theirs. And other brands, even major brands, and I think the example was sort of a Marriott hotel or whatnot. You don't know if you're in one or not, whereas certain other ones, you always know you're in them because their branding is so, so great. So we, yeah, we just look at it and we, we kind of know it's, and we have this thing, does it make my heart flutter? So it's not a real, not a real <laughs> strong guideline, but um, we look at things and go, ooh, yeah, that's great. We love it. It's not a black and white guideline, but it's, it's the one that matters. It's the emotional one, which is does it give us the feels? Yeah. And I think from what we design, you know, we try and design stuff that we would use ourselves. That's the real goal. So, and that we designed some really niche products. So we, we, um, we came up with one that's the co-parenting calendar because I have, um, two daughters with an ex-partner who go between houses. So I designed a calendar that would be usable for them to show them at which house they'd be. So for children with two homes. Oh, excellent. When you're selling online rather than in a physical shop, there's plenty of scope for creating the more niche product without it needing to take up the shelf space. Yeah, I think we're also lucky because our business is structured in that way. We only print in the UK and we print short orders, test them out, short runs, test them out, and then we can build on that. And sometimes, um, you know, we just take a risk on that first lot. Um, and yeah, some products are more niche, but we just care about them and we love them. So we keep producing them. Excellent. Now, you mentioned that there's only two of you designing. What does the, the wider team like look like? You know, because if you, when you're doing short orders, that's that bit extra work to do on the ordering front. You're managing three very different sales channels across Etsy, the website and the wholesale side of things. So what, what does the team look like now? Yeah. So we actually have a few more sales channels. We also sell them on the high street and um, fair and a few other other platforms. But sure, it's a lot to manage. So Angus, my partner, he looks after our retailers that takes care of the wholesale. He also does a lot of operational side and finances, manages the cash flow, uh, which I'm very happy about. (laughs) And then, um, yeah, we have a designer. We have a studio assistant who is also customer service that sort of changes throughout the year as we're sort of quite seasonal still and she gets involved in all sorts of stuff like PR and uploads all the products in our when it's the customer services drops that's when most of the products get uploaded so she has a sort of mixed role and she's also incredibly capable so that's great and then we've got two people in our warehouse and a couple of weeks or when this airs we will have got a new buyer on board who will do product development and buying, especially, you know, for that short run stuff and working with printers around the country to find new materials, innovative materials and the right prices and the right um, environmental credentials and things like that. So we're very excited about having her on board. Very exciting. And you mentioned seasonality there as well, as you also just referred to. Right now, we're recording this in mid-November, just pre-Black Friday and the big Christmas seasonal push, I suppose. And then this is going out towards the end of December, where I'm going to guess you've got potentially an even bigger peak, which is your calendar peak, the very first peak you ever had. 
because you do a lot of calendars and diaries, don't you? So, so does that give you a longer sales period over the average kind of gifty focused business? Yeah, so we do dated products, which a lot of people steer away from because it's risky managing the stock on that. But again, the business is set up to manage that really, really well. So we actually end up with very little overstock. And also that's where wholesale and retail work beautifully together in the dated world because we, you know, we stock up for wholesale and what we don't sell for wholesale we, that goes into the e-commerce and, and so forth. Um, so that works incredibly well. Yes, uh, after Christmas, the peak is still going very strong for us. Absolutely. Calendar season is here. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's great because it's when the ad space clears up. But it, it's, it's a risky space. It's hard to do that dated game well. Yeah, tricky because you could quite easily get left with a, a lot of paper that's not much use to anybody. Yeah, exactly. On your website, there's quite a big section about collaborations and affiliates which I thought was rather fascinating. So is that a big part of the marketing mix at the moment, collaborating with other people to create products, to expose it to their audiences or to or on the affiliates and the influencers side? So it's something we started this year. You might know Shopify have opened a collabs channel. We thought we'll give that a try and the same on TikTok. There's a, a, a route there to do that through their platform. And affiliates, we joined the AWIN mm -hmm. affiliate platform to give that a try. We have also collaborated with artists, so we want to do more and more of that because that's really brilliant. Um, it's, you know, a licensing, a traditional kind of licensing setup collaboration. And there's so many amazing artists out there. And as we grow, we get we get a chance to bring them in front of lots of buyers. So that's exciting. But as a small business, I think collaboration is key for growth. Absolutely. Yeah. And I guess given your short run focus on things, it makes it easier to take a punt on a collaboration and see if it works out because you're not committing to 100,000 units, you're committing to a much smaller number so you can test people out a bit more. Absolutely. That's the great thing about it. Although, you know, as we get more data, we're really getting quite clear on what people like. Ah, so the product optimizations coming in as you get to know the customer better. Yeah, we listen a lot. We do we do surveys for every dated product, different surveys every year. We have five and a half thousand five star reviews on Etsy, uh, which is just incredible, and it's sort of pinch me every time I look at that. And when we do our weekly meet on a Monday, one of the team puts the some of the reviews in, and I, I keep saying, you know, you must also put negatives in there because those are opportunities to learn. And she's like. We don't have any. <laughs> like, oh gosh, yeah. So it's it's you know, it's pretty incredible. A nice situation to be in, but yes, like you say, slightly frustrating because you kind of like you want some of those negative feedback so you can improve things further. No, we do we do get them sometimes, of course, and we try and learn from them. But this is yeah, it's it's quite amazing so far. We've kind of talked about it briefly, but not in a lot of detail. But the eco credentials of everything you're doing are are very important to you. They're even so important that you are currently sitting in the B Corp verification queue, which is a, I imagine, an exciting and a and a nerve wracking but bit frustrating place to be. What led you at this early stage in the business to decide you wanted to go through the B Corp verification process, mm -hmm. and what do you think that's going to bring to the business in the future? So. First of all, I think it was it's always been important to me. And it's not just the eco side, the sustainability side. It's really just about building a business that looks like a business that I want other businesses to look like, that I want all the businesses in the world to look like. So and that goes from 
you know, environmental impact, but also people, community, customers, product, quality, all of those things. Well, how I would like to see major businesses do it. That's how I want to do it. And kind of that's the game I want to be in. And, you know, I want to, we want to pay people well. We're part of the Living Wage Foundation. We just want to do things right. And if we can't build a business within those parameters, I, I, I don't want to do it. So kind of that's the motivation. And where does B Corp come into that? I think B Corp is a really great guiding like a guideline to that. You know, they do look at various elements. And going through the process, we learned a lot of how we can do better. And I think as they progress, we will progress and keep doing that. So, yeah, it's just a really good guideline within the business to keep to. Um, and there's a great community as well of people. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Are you part of the free Chloe's e-commerce club? Why not? It's my free online club where the whole e-commerce master plan audience can come together. It's all about helping you improve your e-commerce business, solving your marketing challenges, getting advice from other retailers who are facing the same challenges as you right now. And yes, I will personally be hanging out in the club Monday to Friday to help you too, which makes it the only place where you can get my help one-on-one. It really is a club all about you and supporting your business. Come on and join me now. Just Just go to ecmp.info forward slash club. It's totally free to join. So come on, join me and hundreds of our listeners at ecmp.info forward slash club. Do you have a problem only an awesome piece of e-commerce tech can solve? Is your e-commerce tech stack not quite fit for purpose anymore? Then you should check out the latest addition to the e-commerce master plan family e-commerce tech. Yes, we've got a new person in the clan or a new website rather in the clan. It's a website where you can explore the latest and best technology on offer. We're going through a hugely changing time in the tech landscape at the moment. And if you want to be bringing the best results you can in your business, then you need to be on top of what's going on in tech. Head to the e-commerce tech website and sign up to our email updates via ecmp.info forward slash tech. That's ecmp.info forward slash t-e-c-h. So ecmp.info forward slash tech to find out all the best tools for your e-commerce store. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. Michelle, are you ready for the top tips? Hit me. Okay, here we go then. The book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? So I'm not going to say let my people go surfing, even though I think it is a sort of handbook for modern good business. I'm going to say Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. I've read that many years ago and it's always stuck with me. And it's sort of, you know, the power of storytelling. I think humans, you know, storytelling is our original form of communication. And if you get that right, people will resonate with that. And I think one of the main things I've taken from that is letting your customers be the hero. And I see a lot of brands really don't get this right. Like we would never say this planner is the best planner on the market because that makes us the hero. It's not, we're not interesting. 
people don't want us to be the hero. People want to be the hero. So if we say, we created this planner that's going to give you your most organized year yet, that makes the customer the hero. And, you know, we're always talking about how can we switch our storytelling and to be better and to resonate more, especially as a small bootstrap business. You know, we've got to connect with other humans. Yeah, it, it puts out a framework to become a really great storyteller. So I recommend that book. It is an excellent book. Okay, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Chloe, I'm going to say probably a controversial one here, but for me, it's paid ads. That's It's definitely helped us grow the business and it helps all other areas. So traffic, the organic rankings um, in turn as well. So yeah, I'm afraid it's it's meta and Google ads that we do invest in. The two stalwarts of the e-commerce advertising spend space. Yeah, I know it's painful. It's painful, but it's, you know, I, I go between thinking, okay, they, these really big conglomerates, it's, it's painful to give them money. But on the other hand, they're also giving small businesses like ours the opportunity to get our the word out on a global level at a price but you know it, it definitely it definitely works yeah if I think back to when my career started when Google Ads was just starting to be a thing and the opportunity it gives to smaller brands to get exposure well I mean back in the day it was amazing because <laughs> well, yeah. you had so much more insight and so much more reach and yeah yeah but like what would you do as a tiny brand before that to get started with a small budget you had there wasn't the options and now it's it's really quite impressive so so it's it's definitely not not a bad not a you know a, a bad tip no, and I, and I do think also the storytelling comes into that because without great storytelling and without great visuals, those things don't work. So it's, you know, it's a mix of all of that. Definitely. Okay, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? So, Chloe, even though we're paper business, we use a lot of digital tools. One of them I'm going to say is Google Bard. And in a year or two, this is going to be like saying Google, because I think everyone's going to start using this and replace a lot of Googling. But if you don't use it yet, it's just it's just incredible. Someone told me today they wrote a poem for their brother using it, and it was the best poem they've ever written. But for business, I use it all the time. I use it to sort of find out legal processes. How does this work? And it just spits me out a process that I can understand without sort of scrolling Google. I put a lot of content and copy I write through it to try and clean it up doesn't always work it still needs a lot of human input um but yeah it's it's brilliant i i use it every single day excellent and thank you for the examples of how you're using it too finally the carbon top tip what's your favorite way to reduce the carbon footprint of an e-commerce business i think the most important thing is to bring environmental impact into every decision you make I think that's really the best way to do it. So when you're trying to decide on a purchase, for example, you think about price, you think about quality. Environmental impact can run alongside those. And it doesn't always have to win, and certainly not when you start doing it, but it should be a criteria alongside everything. And that goes from, you know, buying tea bags to your packaging to, you know, with your team. So we're starting to incentivize, for example, car sharing, and because it's every decision we make is through that lens as well as the other lenses that we look through. 
So when I was on the uh, B Corp journey, I heard, I think it's Innocent Smoothies, that they have a physical chair that says sustainability or planet or something on it in the meeting room. And, you know, giving it a physical space and then putting it on the agenda. I think that's key. It's on all every agenda that we, we discuss. It has environmental impact on there. So, yeah, that's my tip. Just infiltrate it everywhere in the business. Yeah, it's, it really is a mindset and a habit change isn't it just to like you said it doesn't always have to win the argument but if it's there at the virtual theoretical table you've gone halfway to making it happen yeah and it needs to be everyone's job you know need, everyone needs to be be questioned about it in every decision they make well have you considered this have you considered that brilliant thank you so much michelle now before we say goodbye could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media especially if they're looking for their 2024 calendars right now yeah time to get those calendars and you know it doesn't happen if you don't put in the calendar so we're once upon a tuesday.co.uk and on social media instagram is where we're most active at once upon a tuesday underscore um, and we're also on TikTok. And so please give us a follow because uh, that's really slow burner so far. <laughs> Brilliant. And I think, Michelle, you've got a special offer for listeners as well, haven't you? Yes. Uh, there is a 10% off code using Masterplan. Easy as that, everybody. Go get your calendars. And you, you do ship worldwide, I think, don't you? Yeah, we're, we, we ship everywhere that um, is shippable. Brilliant. Well, look, Michelle, thank you so much for being on the e-commerce masterplan podcast. It's been a real pleasure chatting with you. And um, thank you so much for sharing so much with us. Thank you for having me. So I guess for me, my biggest takeaway, which admits some of my own biases here, I would have thought, oh, my God, another planning stationary business that's never going to go anywhere. But clearly there's still space even in the stationery and calendar and planners market. And how fascinating talking to Michelle there, the way in which they are being very decisive about the things they're doing in the business and the steps they are taking to grow. You know, bringing on the business partner who knows how to do the wholesale, focusing on keeping their design criteria just right. Does it create that flutter? Is it really something we should be doing? Across the board, working on partnerships and collaborations, the right hiring approaches, just really, really clever. I think the way they're evolving the business, and I think they're one we're going to be hearing a lot more from in the future. The timing for this, you know, we, we don't try and put these podcasts out at particularly good times for our guests, but now has to be a good time to be going. It's time to get your calendars for 2024, everybody. So head to onceuponatuesday.co.uk, use the code masterplan to get 10% off. Now you can get our notes from this episode, including those top tips and links to what we've mentioned by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or use our direct episode short links. Just put ecmp.info forward slash the number of this episode into the URL bar and you'll be redirected straight to the correct episode page. When you get to the website, you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the many other things I share to help you improve your business. And if you liked this episode, then make sure you check out episode 170, which is all about running a subscription stationary box and thus is quite similar in some ways to this episode. And you can find all our startup episodes at ecmp.info forward slash startup. Thank you for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. You are listening carbon guilt free because this is a carbon positive podcast, which means we bought the carbon credits to offset all our production, distribution, 
and you lot listening to it too. So you've just listened to this episode and all our episodes, Carbon Guilt Free. So binge away. Now I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners like you to succeed and thrive with your businesses, including progressing along the path to net zero and becoming more sustainable. So if you know someone this show can help, please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a brilliant week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. Don't miss out. It's time you joined Chloe's e-commerce club, our free club that's all about helping you grow your e-commerce store. Join right now for free at ecmp.info forward slash club.